Welcome to Corkboard Radio. In this week's episode, I will be reading my short story conclusion, The Maple Syrup Vandal Part 2, an Angela Donovan mystery. When I was planning for this story, I thought, what could be more Canadian than involving a large amount of maple syrup in a small town mystery? As I shared in my episode 12 introduction to part 1, I decided to completely rewrite this second Angela Donovan mystery, which means I had to rewrite the ending. There is so much that goes into writing the ending to a mystery. I honestly think I spent more time brainstorming for this story than I actually did writing it. It's so much easier to write a mystery when I've laid out a map of the story trajectory beforehand. That way, I already know where I'm going with it, which means I already know the who done it. I hope you enjoy this week's conclusion to the Maple Syrup Vandal and Angela Donovan mystery. I definitely had a lot of fun writing it. Happy listening, everyone! The Maple Syrup Vandal Part 2 An Angela Donovan Mystery by Tiffany Pullman Angela Donovan, red-haired and in her late 50s, couldn't believe what she and her best friend Beatrice had just witnessed. Angela's son, Detective Maggie, had just arrested the president of the Maple Springs Authentic Maple Syrup Factory, right before her eyes. Angela knew that the local community center's gym had been vandalized by maple syrup, and and she'd suspected that the maple syrup came from her hometown's maple syrup factory. But how could the police have gotten enough evidence in just under two hours to arrest the president of the factory? Angela knew her son was an exceptional police detective, but even he had his limits. Angie! African-Canadian Beatrice Tota shook her head slowly. Did you see that coming? I didn't see that coming! Angela sat back in the driver's seat of her car. No, B, I didn't either. Angela quickly shifted her car into drive and pulled out of the parking spot. She followed Mackie's unmarked police car to the Maple Springs police station. Parking out front, she turned to Beatrice. I don't know if you want to wait for me in the car, B, but I'm heading inside to find out what's going on. Beatrice unbuckled her seatbelt. Guess I better come with you, Angie. I want to know what's going on, too. Angela carefully hoisted her left leg out of her car, which was a bit cumbersome, it being wrapped in a walking cast due to a broken big toe. Need some help with that, Angie? Beatrice offered. Angela grunted. No, I don't need any help. I told you before that I can get out of my car on my own. Suit yourself, Beatrice responded, lightly stepping onto the sidewalk. Angela managed to pull herself out of the car surprisingly quickly. She reached back inside her car to retrieve the cane she'd been instructed to buy while visiting the emergency room for her broken toe. Being late February, Angela carefully walked up the front steps to the police station, thankful to have the extra support from the cane, although she'd never admit that to anyone. Slipping inside the front doors, Angela greeted Officer Warbler, a young woman of Nigerian descent. Officer Warbler nodded at Angela. Are you here to see Mackie, Angela? Angela smiled. Actually, I'm here to find out why Gwendolyn Nordstrom's been arrested. Beatrice, who'd sauntered over to the front desk while Angela was speaking to Officer Warbler, motioned to Angela. Oh, I better go see what what Beatrice wants, Angela said. I hope you have a nice day, Shade. You as well, Angela, Officer Warbler replied. Angela, I have to warn you, if you're expecting to hear anything about Gwendolyn's case, you may be disappointed. We aren't allowed to discuss an ongoing investigation. Angela raised an eyebrow quizzically. An ongoing investigation? The vandalized gym was only discovered two and a half, maybe three hours ago. Officer Warbler remarked, 
The vandalized gym is not the reason why Gwendolyn was brought in a moment ago. It's not? Angela exclaimed. No, Officer Warbler took a step toward the back offices. But like I said before, we aren't at liberty to discuss any details concerning an ongoing investigation. Angela watched as Officer Warbler headed down the hallway toward Mackie's office. Angie! Beatrice hissed from her spot in front of the front desk. Angela hobbled over to Beatrice. You'll never guess what I just heard, Beatrice whispered loudly. Angela leaned in close. Does it have anything to do with Gwendolyn Nordstrom? Apparently she's involved in a police investigation, and it has nothing to do with her maple syrup being used in the vandalizing of the community center's gym. Hmm. Beatrice glanced around conspiratorially. Beatrice, what is it that you heard? Angela demanded before realizing that the officer seated behind the front desk could most likely hear Angela and Beatrice's conversation. Come with me, Beatrice. Angela inched her way over to the police station's bulletin board as inconspicuously as she possibly could. Beatrice followed close behind. Tell me what you heard, Beatrice, Angela commanded. Beatrice responded, I heard that Gwendolyn sent an incriminating text message to a young woman named Margot. Incriminating for what? Angela questioned. I'm not exactly sure, Beatrice whispered back. It must have something to do with the ongoing investigation, Angela mused. Oh, that makes sense. The police were already investigating Gwendolyn when her maple syrup was used to vandalize the gym, Beatrice, Beatrice deduced. Oh my, what if Gwendolyn didn't know about the investigation and she vandalized the gym with her own maple syrup? Angela wrinkled up her nose. Do you really think Gwendolyn would vandalize a gym with maple syrup of all things? Beatrice leaned in closer. I wasn't going to mention this earlier, but there was an incident involving Gwendolyn and her niece and the junior hockey team's coach. An incident? How am I just hearing about this now? Angela spouted. Beatrice shrugged. It happened a couple months ago when Gwendolyn's niece got kicked off the team. Oh, I heard about that, Angela commented. But that scarcely could be reason enough for Gwendolyn to vandalize the gym, don't you think? I don't know, Beatrice responded. Being part of an organized sports team definitely meant a lot to Gwendolyn growing up. I heard she almost made the Olympic swim team when she was still in high school. Wow, I didn't know that, Angela replied thoughtfully. Maybe Gwendolyn's still angry that her niece got kicked off the team, Beatrice offered. Angela shook her head. I don't think Gwendolyn would let her anger get the best of her. She seems too cool-headed for that. I don't know, Angie. People do crazy things when it comes to family, Beatrice remarked. Angela thought for a second. I think we need to talk to Gwendolyn. Maybe she can give us some insight into what is really going on. Beatrice eyed Angela for a second. Do you think Mackie will let you talk to Gwendolyn? They probably haven't even processed her yet. Angela grinned. It never hurts to ask me. Beatrice looked like she was about to say something, but held her tongue. I'll just wait right here until I see Mackie. He's going to have to come this way at some point, Angela stated. Beatrice twitched her mouth, but again kept her words to herself. About 15 minutes later, Angela heard Mackie speaking with Officer Warbler. Mackie, she called out. Mackie emerged from an office behind the front desk and gave his mother a strange look. What are you doing here, Mom? Waiting to speak to Gwendolyn, Angela answered in her sweetest voice. Mackie wrinkled up his eyebrows. Why are you waiting to speak to Gwendolyn? I have a couple questions for her, Angela answered. Mackie sighed. 
What kind of questions, Mom? The kind only Gwendolyn can answer. Angela smiled her best smile. And you're hoping I will let you speak with her, aren't you? Mackie responded. Angela smiled. Yes, I am. Mackie checked his smartwatch before replying. I can give you 15 minutes, but nothing more. 15 minutes is more than I could ask for, Angela gushed. Would you prefer 10 minutes? Mackie teased. Oh, no. 15 minutes is perfect. Are you coming, B? Angela poked her best friend, who was reading a posted bulletin about a thief. What? Oh, yes, I'm coming. Beatrice followed Angela, who followed Mackie, down a long hallway toward the back of the police station. She's in here. Mackie stood in front of a large steel door. Like I said before, you have 15 minutes, and Mom, whatever you say to Gwendolyn will be recorded. So don't say anything that could get you or Aunt B into any trouble. Angela chortled. What could I possibly say that could get B and me into trouble? Beatrice snorted in response to Angela's question, while Mackie opened the steel door for her and Angela. Thank you, Mackie. Angela hobbled into the small room. A single light shone from the ceiling. All four walls were painted white, and a steel table sat in the middle of the room. What are you doing here? Gwendolyn's eyes widened from her seat to the table. I'm here to talk to you, Angela replied. Do you remember meeting me and my friend Beatrice at the factory earlier today? Of course I remember meeting you and both earlier today, Gwendolyn responded. Great, so you won't mind answering a few questions for us? Angela pulled a chair from the opposite side of the table far enough out that she could plop herself down onto it. I don't believe I have to answer any of your questions, Gwendolyn said slowly. Oh, you're right, you don't, Angela agreed. But it would really be helpful if you'd at least hear me out. Gwendolyn glanced at Beatrice. Is your friend always this nosy? Beatrice snickered. What do I get out of answering your questions? Gwendolyn countered. Maybe some peace of mind, Angela smiled. Gwendolyn sat back in her seat. First of all, I was wondering whether or not you know anyone who would want to vandalize the community center's gym, Angela questioned. Gwendolyn didn't respond. Angela leaned forward. Look, I'm trying to figure out who vandalized the gym that was supposed to host the hockey tournament my granddaughter and her best friend were planning to play in this weekend. Can you think of anyone? Gwendolyn retorted. What makes you think I would know anything about that? Well, it was your maple syrup that was used, Angela pointed out. You don't know that, Gwendolyn adamantly declared. So you don't have any ideas who would want to vandalize the gym? Angela surmised. Gwendolyn sighed. No, I don't have any ideas who would want to vandalize the gym. What about you? Angela asked. Absolutely not. Gwendolyn straightened up in her seat. How dare you ask such a question? I heard about the incident between you and the junior hockey coach, Angela continued. Gwendolyn narrowed her eyes. My niece should still be on that hockey team. What happened? Angela prodded. What happened is none of your business, Gwendolyn snapped. Did the police say why they arrested you? Angela inquired. Gwendolyn pursed her lips together. Did it have something to do with the factory? Angela pressed. Gwendolyn folded her arms. I'm done speaking to you. But we still have five more minutes, Angela objected. Could it have something to do with the investigation into the factory's bookkeeping? Beatrice piped up. Gwendolyn scowled as Angela exclaimed, What investigation into the factory's bookkeeping? Beatrice waved off Angela's bewilderment. Angie, I own a bakery, remember? I hear things. 
Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this? Angela squawked. Beatrice replied, You know I'm not a one to gossip, Angie. Angela turned her attention back to Gwendolyn. Is there a police investigation into your bookkeeping? Not my bookkeeping, Gwendolyn seethed. The factories. I should have never agreed to become president of the factory four years ago. Willard was more than capable. I should have just let him have it. So why did you agree to become president then? Beatrice inquired. Because the factory is a family-run business, Gwendolyn exasperated. But it's been more trouble than it's worth. I knew I'd spent too much time on company business when my niece was caught shoplifting. I should have been spending more time with her. Her father's not much help at home, and goodness knows my sister doesn't have a parenting bone in her body. That poor kid. Growing up without much direction at home myself, I know what she's going through. I should have just passed when the company was offered to me. So your niece got kicked off the hockey team because she got caught shoplifting? Angela gently assessed. Gwendolyn shifted her focus to the wall behind Angela. And the factory's books are being investigated, Beatrice added. Gwendolyn refused to take her gaze off the wall. You know, B, I think our 15 minutes are about up. Angela carefully stood, leaning on her cane for support. We best let Mackie do what he does best. Beatrice stood as well. Thank you for speaking with us, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn retorted. I hope you ladies find out find what you're looking for. Just as Angela and Beatrice reached the steel door, it swung open. Did you get whatever information you were after, Mom? Mackie asked. Angela nodded. Thank you, Mackie. Beatrice and I will, be, will see ourselves out. Mackie grimaced. That's nice of you to offer, Mom. But I've already asked Officer Warbler to see you two out. Angela blew a kiss in Mackie's direction before leaving the interrogation room. Wasn't that exciting, Bee? Being inside a real interrogation room? Beatrice gave Angela a funny look as Officer Warbler guided the two ladies toward the police station's front door. But I didn't do anything! A young woman in handcuffs shrieked to the officers escorting her. I just got a text from Gwendolyn telling me about the maple syrup someone put in that old gray warehouse. The text said that Gwendolyn wanted to get even with the junior hockey team for what happened to her niece. I didn't even go inside the warehouse. I stayed at home. You can ask my boyfriend. Angela glanced at Beatrice. Beatrice raised an eyebrow. There's something fishy with that young lady's statement. Angela announced after she and Beatrice had exited the police station and were descending the front steps. I know, Beatrice remarked. How did she know it was a gray warehouse if she didn't go to it? Angela nodded. I bet she did do whatever that text asked her to do. You know, Mackie will get a confession out of her. That's for sure, Beatrice agreed. But why would Gwendolyn send the text? It seems petty to me that Gwendolyn would go through all the trouble of recruiting a high schooler to vandalize the gym for her. I mean, I'm sure Gwendolyn could do a lot more damage in other ways. And why would she send it from her own phone? That's amateur hour 101. Unless she didn't send the text. Angela snapped her fingers. But someone using her phone did. Who would have access to her phone, mused Beatrice, and who would have motive to sabotage the gym? I'm telling you, Marty, it's not your fault. Willard Springer, vice president of the Maple Springs Authentic Maple Syrup Factory, drew Angela's and Beatrice's attention away from their musings. Didn't you see the look on Gwendolyn's face when they arrested her? Marty Price, the young man who Angela and Beatrice had met earlier in the day at the factory, cried, She looked directly at me. She thinks I threw her under the bus. 
but you didn't know anything about those maple syrup orders. Willard consoled Marty. You didn't know they weren't authorized. That's the problem, Willard. I'm the one who authorized them under Gwendolyn's name. I'm the reason she's sitting in a jail cell right now, Marty said. Oh no, Marty, Angela interjected. Gwendolyn isn't sitting in a jail cell. She's in an interrogation room, and it's not because of the maple syrup vandalization. It's because of a bookkeeping investigation. What maple syrup orders were you two referring to? After I heard about the maple syrup vandalization at the community center, I did some digging at the factory, Willard explained. It turns out that we had several large orders go through a few days ago, although, sadly, they weren't legitimate orders. Someone in our company logged into Gwendolyn's email address and sent Marty a message requesting that he authorize these orders under Gwendolyn's name. It looks like the maple syrup used to vandalize the community center's gym was stolen from the factory. Ah, Angela nodded. That actually makes a lot of sense. How so? Willard questioned. No one in the factory except Gwendolyn has any grudges against the Maple Springs junior hockey team. Maybe not, but suppose vandalizing the gym was just a ruse, Angela suggested. Suppose someone wanted Gwendolyn to appear incompetent when it came to her role as president of the factory. Beatrice caught on. Who would profit from Gwendolyn being discredited? Both Angela and Beatrice came to the conclusion at the same time. So did Willard, apparently, because he took one look at their faces and attempted to flee. But Angela, in a moment of quick thinking, finally found a suitable use for that cane of hers and tripped Willard, sending him sprawling onto the sidewalk. Willard! Marty cried. How could you? Willard's eyes were downcast as he sadly replied, I was in the run-in for president of the factory until Gwendolyn came along. Later that day, after Willard had been processed for more than just stealing the maple syrup and vandalizing the gym, he had been, he, he had been the one skimming money from the factory. Gwendolyn approached Angela and Beatrice while they were watching Everly Rose and Meadow play in a third parking lot hockey game. I would like to apologize for my rude behavior earlier today, and I'd like to thank you both for your involvement in solving the crimes associated with the factory. I had no idea Willard was so unhappy in his seat as vice president. If I'd only known, Gwendolyn let her words trail off. Angela smiled. I'm just glad we figured out what was going on so quickly. Bea and I really wanted to catch one of my granddaughter's hockey games today. Gwendolyn nodded in understanding. I spoke, I spoke with Coach Kaylee. She's willing to give my niece another shot on the team. That's wonderful, Beatrice exclaimed. Yes, it is. I've decided to have the factory sponsor the Maple Springs Beaver Tales. We are going to pay for the repairs needed to restore the community center's gym floor. Your granddaughter will be playing hockey in the community center's gym in no time. Gwendolyn smiled. Grandma, did you see that? Everly Rose ran up to Angela breathless. Did you see my play? Just think. I would never have gone to play defense for Meadow if we played in the tournament today. But because of the maple syrup vandal, we get to play on the same team. This is Tiffany Pullman, and you've been listening to Corkboard Radio. I'm so happy you tuned in today. The Corkboard Radio podcast features my personal short stories and topic discussions. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tiff's Corkboard, where I will be sharing updates on podcast episodes and posting about anything that inspires me. I will be uploading a new Corkboard Radio episode every third and fourth Friday of the month, so be sure to stay tuned and hit the subscribe button. 
Until we meet again, here's to shining his light in whatever we do.